Hey girl, hey, welcome to another episode of Mama's Side Hustle Podcast. Today I have on the show self-made mama Melissa Rogers. That's the name of her company, Self-Made Mama. And Melissa is the epitome of a self-made mama. Not only is she a wifey and a mama of one with one on the way, but she's also created a life for herself that is completely admirable. When Melissa's first baby was born, she was kind of pushed into this work-life situation. Her current work situation did not fit well with her new role as mama, as well as her current situation of caregiver to her younger siblings. So Melissa decided to start her own freelance writing business. That business, because of her marketing skills and strategies, took off, and she went on to be able to work fully from home while being the mama and caregiver she wanted and needed to be. Melissa has a passion for teaching and helping others reach their goals, so it's been a natural transition for her to start coaching online, teaching other mamas in the beginning stages of their business how to do what she's done, while simultaneously still overseeing and managing employees for her original business model. Total badass, right? Right. The most intriguing thing of all, which is so cool to me, I love this, is because of the financial freedom she has created for her and her family, Melissa, her husband, their son, and the baby on the way have all moved from chilly Canada to sunny, beautiful Spain, even though they don't speak Spanish. But enough for me. Let's hear from the self-made mama herself, Melissa Rogers. Welcome to Mama Side Hustle, where we believe that Every woman can have a wildly successful business while still keeping the job as mama her top priority. Six-figure earner, mama of two, and heart-centered sales expert Chanel Coons empowers you with tips and techniques to get the most results in your business and sales career without having to sacrifice family and fun. Plus, listen in on other mama business owner stories and be empowered by their experience. If you're ready to take your sales and life to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, the mother hustler, teacher, and adventure seeker herself, Chanel Coons. Melissa, I am so happy to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Let's start with where you are now and kind of work backwards. You currently are living in Spain as the sole breadwinner in your family. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, We've been here for about three months now. Can you tell me about that transition from Canada to the Mediterranean? Is it, is it like something you've always been dreaming and scheming about? And was your husband a hundred percent on board? Like how did that work? I'm so curious. Well, (laughs) that's kind of, it's a super long story, but um, I've always been very drawn to like travel and leaving my location, I guess. Like I I'd get itchy feet really quickly. And when I met my husband, we we weren't even boyfriend and girlfriend yet. And we had started kind of scheming if it was possible for us to move to France. We had our eye on Southern France on the med. And we realized very quickly that um, like he was a soldier employed in Canada. And I was working for a nonprofit at the time. And neither of us had any like business of our own. We just were employees. Um, and we don't speak French. We're not from that part of Canada. So we realized very quickly that was definitely not going to happen. And then, you know, life kind of got in the way. We we ended up having a baby and settling down and getting married. We actually eloped to San Francisco because we really like traveling. And uh, life life just kind of kept moving. And, and this move had been shelved. And then once I started my business, we actually had started to think about it again a little bit because we realized that it would 
it could be possible if I was generating a substantial income. And we initially had looked at Malta, actually, in um, which is a tiny, tiny country in the middle of the Mediterranean. And it's really beautiful. It's really cool. We actually visited it last year. And we decided that it wasn't the right fit for us to live. Uh, they actually speak English there as well as Maltese, which is why we had picked it, because we are sadly, uh, we only speak English. We're ignorant when it comes to languages. So we had kind of picked that to check it out. We went there and checked it out. It wasn't a, the right fit for us, even though it's an amazing place to visit. And we had friends in Spain. So we picked Spain sight unseen. We Neither of us had ever been. That's so brave. Brave? Yeah, that's definitely one way to <laughs> I mean, we knew they had amazing healthcare. We knew they had great schools. We thought Spanish was a really useful second language for us all to learn. So, I mean, it wasn't, you know, a reckless decision by any means, but it was definitely moving blind. So you're learning Spanish as you go uh, along? Yes. Like I had to make a doctor's appointment this morning, actually. Um, and the guy did not speak any English, which I, I've learned to never, you know, never expect anyone to speak English. I think that's something that English speaking people do all the time. And it's not received very well by anyone else, understandably. Like you're in our Yeah, like, and so I try to be really mindful of the fact that like, I'm here in someone else's country, and I'm the ignorant one who doesn't speak their language. So even though it's so embarrassing, I always try. And I find that people really appreciate that. And they slow down for me. And they, they make an effort to let me understand them. And I'm getting you know, I'm getting there. I'm definitely, I'm not even conversational. Like it's deeply, deeply embarrassing. I have to do a lot of miming, but it's, you know, we're, we're hoping we'll get there. We're going to take classes and my son's only three, so he'll be bilingual before we are. That is so very, very cool. And again, I do believe it's very brave because you could have just marked Spain off as you know, you don't speak Spanish, but instead you took on the challenge and decided to take the leap. And that is truly very incredible. So you are the sole breadwinner. You got to the point in your business to where you could provide for your family, move to another country. Is your husband going to work in Spain or how does that work? Or is he just, he's going to help take care of the kids and you? Yeah. So my, um, my husband was a government employee back in Canada. So when you move to a new country, obviously government jobs are typically reserved for citizens of countries. So he's not eligible for any of the kinds of work that he was doing back at home. So his plan is actually to go back to school once we have gotten a bit more of our footing uh, with the language. Yeah. And I think he will almost definitely get a job in between then. He's not the kind of person to ever just sit on his hands and do nothing. Like he's probably the most hardworking person you'll ever meet in your life. So right now he's just kind of soaking up the time with our son Branson and and kind of keeping his eyes peeled for what he might want to do next. Yeah. Again, very, very cool. Because I feel like so many people need to make calculated decisions. And there's something so incredible and empowering and exciting um, about just kind of taking the leap and seeing where it takes you and having faith that everything is going to work out. I think that is so cool. Yeah, exactly. I think it's really been an exercise in faith for us to trust that, like trust in ourselves that we're going to make it work and that, you know, 
even though everything's going to be very different for a while and then different in a whole new different way again after that, that, you know, it's all going to, it's all going to work out. It's all going to be okay. And it's going to be an adventure. And I think embracing that has been the biggest thing. Totally. I also feel like faith having tremendous faith, like faith like that is a fundamental characteristic of an entrepreneur (laughs) because you step into (laughs) the unknown so often So with that being said, have you always wanted to be an entrepreneur? Was it like your dream job? Um, No, I think I've always been entrepreneurial, but I didn't really recognize it as that until probably my mid-20s. So when I was a kid, like I think I must have been 10 or 11 and I, my mom bought me this like magnetic paper and I literally colored pictures on it with markers and cut them out and sold them to my classmates. <laughs> like this is so embarrassing. They were awful, but like, I did things like that all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. And then like me and my friends would go to the cafeteria and eat like a disgusting amount of chocolate bars. <laughs> and like that. But I did things like that all the time in my childhood. And I, I never thought anything of it because I always had in my mind, this vision of being like a career woman, right? Like I had the, you know, the pencil skirts and the stilettos, you know, the, the professional city slicker in my head. I don't know where I got that from, but that was, you know, I was raised with working parents. And to me, that was it. You go to school, you get a degree, and then you go and you work professionally somewhere. And I think, I don't even know what I wanted to be. I think I wanted to be maybe a journalist and, or like an editor or something like that. I always really liked writing, but I just had this idea of a career woman and that's what I was pursuing. Right. I think that was the picture of a successful woman growing up though, was a woman in a pencil skirt and and, um, legally blonde, but not so pink. Right. Yes. Yeah. And here we are. I'm in gym shorts, still in my hair pulled back and, yeah, I had no. like a beach dress over a bathing suit right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is the life. That's success right there. That's awesome. Can you tell us, so what you do now, Self-Made Mama is not your original business. That's not what you started out doing. That's kind of your platform for your teachings now. So mm-hmm. what what was your original business? And kind of, can you tell us what what inspired it? What brought that forth? Yeah, so I still have my original business. So I'll kind of, I guess I'll start at the beginning. So at the end of my maternity leave, um, I wasn't able to go back to work. Uh, At the time we were fostering my three minor siblings um, and I was working as a project manager. Um, So if you're familiar with that field, it's not particularly family friendly. There's not a lot of flexibility. There's a lot of very, very long hours and it's very demanding. So I couldn't get the flexibility I needed for our current family situation, which was my baby who is one and then three teenagers, there was no way I could go back to it. um, And no flexibility was offered by my employer. So I kind of out of desperation started freelancing at the very end of my maternity leave. So the very first thing that I did was, like I said, I've always been interested in writing. I've always enjoyed writing. um, And I knew that I was good at it. So I started copywriting. And that's how I first started putting myself out there. I made myself a very like basic basic, basic website, like with a free WordPress theme. Um, I had had various blogs over the years, so I knew how to to build websites. Hadn't occurred to me yet that that was a marketable skill. Um, (laughs) So I I made myself this free website because I was so broke. And I started cold emailing local businesses and going to networking events and basically trying to make as many connections as I could and offering value in, um, in Facebook groups and things like that. And I got kind of my first few clients that way. 
And then my clients would started asking me more about their websites because they could tell that by the way I was providing them information and feedback that I knew what I was doing when it came to website design. And so I kind of slid into um, creating websites for people. And this started essentially a small marketing agency over the first six months of my business. So um, I did websites, we had brand design, we did copywriting um, and social media management. And some of that was subcontracted out. And a lot of it was just me doing all the work myself. And I still have that business. It runs now more on an agency model. So I do the project management for it. And then I have some amazing subcontractors um, that are women basically um, all over Europe and North America that actually do the, the one-to-one work for our clients. Very cool. So now you're at the in the position to where you just oversee. Yeah, pretty much. There's some things, I mean, we're in a transition phase right now. I did not expect Self-Made Mama to grow into what it has. So I had intended to kind of keep being the, like the main person, I guess the main, I, I don't know what I'm, the word that I'm looking for here, but you know, I, I thought that I would be the main person doing the work in, in my agency for a lot longer. So we're definitely in a transition right now and I'm still learning my way there, but yeah, I've had to go a lot more hands off because self-made mama has, has grown into this entity all by itself. And do you feel self-made mama is more of a passion for you, more of a passion project while the other is something that was nice and created income and, or do you feel equally passionate about both? I mean, I really like helping people and I like, I really enjoy delivering value and being good at things. Like I'm a type three Enneagram, like to the core. And so, yeah, is that the, yeah, that's the achiever, right? Or achiever. So, but like, Mm -hmm. um, I'm very, I don't know. I really get a kick out of doing a really good job for people and then seeing that multiply for them. So I really did enjoy the agency work, um, but it wasn't giving me, you know, it was a means to an end at first. It provided us the financial flexibility that we needed. But as it grew and that my our finances became stable in that regard, I realized that I I could pursue this in a way that gave me time flexibility as well. And like lifestyle freedom Um, and doing all the agency work myself obviously did not provide that. So self-made mom is like the perfect answer to that because I still get to provide that value to people and I get to work one-on-one and one-to-many with like so many different women and see tangible results that they're able to get from the value I provide to them. But the input on my end is so much lower than, you know, slogging away, doing the actual work um, for, say, a website or a brand or... Very cool. Okay. So you are basically CEO of your marketing agency, more or less. You're overseeing your employees and and making sure there's quality work being put in and and all of that. And then you also have Self-Made Mama, which, as you say, isn't taking up loads of time, but it it still does require a good amount of Mm -hmm. your time, energy, and effort how do you kind of do it all? Like I saw the cutest picture on Instagram of your son going potty <laughs> in front of an open window that literally had the most beautiful view. I was like drooling. I mean, how do you get in like work with a two-year-old with the demands of life, having a husband and taking care of your home and, and all of that? Mm-hmm. So this has gotten a lot easier since we moved here. So back in Canada, um, my husband worked in law enforcement and he was an army reserve as well. So with the army reserve, you can, you control how much you put in, but if you're really into it, 
it's a lot of work, right? And my husband is the kind of person that is just like so dedicated to whatever he does. So he was working a lot in Canada and we did not have childcare. I didn't want to put our son in daycare. And there's a daycare shortage as well. There's a childcare shortage as well in that region. And so there's very little part-time childcare available. And I didn't want to put him in full-time daycare because if I wanted to do that, I would have just gone back to work. And we had a really hard time finding babysitters. Um, I, you know, we had babysitter after babysitter kind of bail, you know, or not show up. And finding someone you trust and all of that too. Yeah. Finding someone you trust and, you know, getting into a rhythm was really hard. So I had to learn how to work around this. So one of the things that I think is so, um, that allows people to connect with the self-made mama brand is that, um, I, I started this in the trenches with exactly where all the women that follow me are. Right. So I, I didn't have childcare. My husband was working all the time. He was working shift work on top of that. All of our family members that were local worked full time as well. So we really didn't have like that much help when it came to, um, my baby. And then when he was a toddler as well. So I, I had built this business, in early mornings, nap times, and late nights. Um, and sometimes that meant that my house was like, looked like a tornado had ripped through it. Um, my husband is amazing. Like he will go to work and kill himself all day and then come back and clean the kitchen and offer to make dinner and all that kind of stuff. Like he's such a hard worker and we just kind of, we've always, we're, we both value hard work and we, we both value taking care of each other in that way. So we really just kind of bounced off each other and, and made it work. But we were like, it, it wouldn't be fair to say that it was dreamy. Like we were exhausted for sure. But here it's very different. Like here, you know, my husband's home, he is like taking care of business. Like he's, I hate doing laundry. (laughs) um, All these little things that I will procrastinate on and do a terrible job of because I just don't care enough that he's amazing. He will just take care of business And like I said, he's able to spend so much more time with our son now. So I have, I can just block time off in the week to work now, which is such a novel concept. And it's amazing. Totally. And it makes a world of difference to be able to get in that concentrated, that concentrated work. Yeah. But even with like a supportive spouse and him being able to help tend a little more, how do you keep up your energy? Like, cause <laughs> there's just so much, there's so much brain work that goes into everything. Yeah. And it, I, I feel like that is, it's exciting, but it can also be tolling. And I know that you're a coffee connoisseur, like you put that in your bio that you sent to me. Um, but do you have any tips other than, um, coffee for kind of sustaining your energy <laughs> and keeping up with like the mama and entrepreneur life? Yeah, I actually don't recommend coffee for that. Um, I love coffee. I'm definitely a coffee snob. But back when I first started, I was abusing caffeine to keep myself going. Granted, my child was not sleeping at all. So that was like, that was a big factor in that. But I was consuming a lot of caffeine and a lot of sugar just to keep myself running. And it was really deteriorating my health. And I felt like crap all the time. And I was very anxious. And so I really had to get a handle on that and, you know, give my head a shake and be more mindful. So I would want to punch myself in the face if, if I heard this, like if me two years ago heard this, but spill it. Let's hear it. Yeah. Honestly, the best thing you can do is actually limit your caffeine intake and eat a really healthy diet. It makes it like the world of difference. Like I really focus on eating a lot of healthy fats. Um, and I don't 
I don't describe do myself of treats and stuff like that. I don't go, yeah. I don't do keto um, right. only because I just love carbs and I just can't. I was keto for like two hours once and it was awful. And I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just can't. But, you know, I prioritize fat and healthy protein and then we just kind of fill in the gaps as we want to. We're in Spain right now and they love their bread and their bread is amazing. So we're definitely not depriving ourselves of that. But but I really focus, like the fat is a big deal when it comes to new moms and energy levels. Like, especially if you're breastfeeding or you're postpartum, a lot of us neglect that part of our diet and it's the best kind of energy that you can feed yourself, right? Like I eat a shocking amount of avocados, like, it's like but it, it makes a huge difference. Like even if you just, you know, make your coffee in the morning and make it bulletproof, like it, mm-hmm. you know, don't do it to keep yourself I'll full. Bulletproof coffee. Yeah. Like eat properly. Mm-hmm. Like don't starve yourself. Don't live on coffee and, and give yourself good fats throughout the day so that you actually have like real healthy energy to run on. And that like, that's totally transformed everything for me. I actually noticed that in myself too. When I cut back the caffeine, what a world of difference it made for actual Mm -hmm. focus. Like focus. Yes. You can't focus when you're jittery and like hyped up. Yes. I love that feedback. That was, that was awesome. Thank you. You're so funny. I would have punched myself in the face had I heard this. Actually, though, like if you, when my baby was six months old, if you told me to stop drinking coffee and eat more avocados, I would have punched you in the face. Like, like, I was so tired. But in retrospect, I can see that I probably should have eaten better and had less caffeine. Right. Now that you've made the transition, you can feel the difference. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you hate laundry, but do you get in time to cook? Does your husband cook? Does your house usually look like a disaster during the day still? Um, How do you prioritize it all? So I actually love cooking. So cooking is not a chore for me. I will happily take on the cooking burden like almost every night. I really like it. And we really enjoy like meal planning, healthy meals together and sitting down together for uh, like a hot meal every night. The way that we do our meals is that we have kind of set breakfasts that we eat throughout the week. And then we always make dinner and then set aside lunch for the next day so that we just don't have to think about it. And it makes us more mindful of like what we're cooking and eating and just is easier for us to manage overall. Um, and I, we enjoy doing that. So I don't mind doing that at all. My house, if it was, if it was just me, it would look like a disaster, but I'm married to a soldier. So it does not look like a disaster. And I'm like the messy teenager in this relationship. <laughs> I hear that so often. That's so funny. (laughs) Well, both my husband and I are just let the house go crazy during the day. So I totally feel you on that. I wish that he was more type A with cleaning. It would make my life easier. (laughs) But during the day, my house is insane. And then I clean up at night. So I no shame in that. No, I don't judge you for being the dirty teenager, I guess is what I'm saying. Okay. Thank you so much for that. Now, could you implore us with some of your self-made mama wisdom? If you could do your business all over again, where would you place the majority of your emphasis? Um, Give us some insight into what you share with your community. Like where is the one place a woman starting out should really put her energy into and where should she avoid? This is a tough one. (laughs) So uh, in my community, I mean, really what I focus on is I try to share really like actionable information and tips that will either help people start their business 
or grow their business. Those are kind of the two things. And my community is primarily made up of women that are in the first few years of their business journey. Um, So one of the biggest things that I see is women that are struggling to start, like they want to be self-employed or they want to have a side hustle or they've tried, you know, like five different MLMs and it's just not for them. And they, they want something that's theirs and they're not quite sure how to start or they've started without putting any thought or learning into it. And now they don't know what to do because they put this out into the world and nothing's happening with it. Um, so I think probably like the biggest piece of advice is, is to do what I did when I first started, which is to do all the research first. Like I'm a bit of a nerdy person and I'm very type A. I like having information, but that is like, that is the biggest thing that you can do to serve your business is to plan first, research first, gather information and learning first so that when you hit the ground running, you actually have, um, intention, I think of what a lot of people do is they start and then they just act like sporadically without any, without any purpose behind their actions. It's they're scrambling because they see different people doing different things and that they want to do those things. And they think that's how they're going to grow their business. But if you make a plan, you can act out that plan piece by piece and it might not happen overnight. It might not happen right away. But over time, you'll see results from that because it's intentional, because you have a purpose behind it. Just really purposeful action. Mm -hmm. My husband, I I just said this quote to him the other day. If you plan to fail, or excuse me, if you fail to plan, plan to fail. And it just reminded me kind of. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think people think that planning is overrated. But I mean, this is your time, right? Time is a non renewable resource. Like it's your most valuable possession. You can't, when you you can't get it back. Exactly. So why would you risk wasting it? Very cool. So I feel like that one answer answered the first thing to do and the one thing to avoid. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Right. <laughs> yeah. Plan and then avoid just acting sporadically without actual purpose and intention behind it. Mm-hmm. So we'll move into our lightning round. This has been so insightful. I've, I've really enjoyed this time with you. So thank you. This has been so fun. Okay. Lightning round. Are you ready? Okay. Quick answers. Okay. Favorite TV show or movie? Bridget Jones's Diary. Mm, I have to watch that one. I've heard a lot about it. Uh, favorite book? Can I have two? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. I think probably I don't get a lot of time to read personal stuff, but um, Mindy Kelling's book, Why Not Me? Oh, so it's funny. so funny. And then for, it's so funny. I read it a couple years ago. Yeah, uh-huh. so good. For business, everyone needs to read Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. Mm, I've heard of it, but I haven't read it. I may audible that too. Who inspires you most? I think Michelle Obama is amazing. And I'm Canadian. I'm not American, but I, I think she's amazing. Are you going to read her book? I am. When do you feel the most happy? I think my favorite time is this like weird little golden hour that we get. We have a really energetic kid. So we get this weird little golden hour right after we make coffee in the morning when he's just eaten his breakfast and he sits and he plays quietly and just like talks to us for maybe 15 minutes. (laughs) But we get to just be together and there's, it's calm and it's happy Mm -hmm. and it's so nice. Oh, I love it. That that makes me feel happy. Um, Cause I totally get it. Uh, what's your biggest pet peeve? Oh, lying. And where do you see yourself in five years? Um, I don't know. That one is almost impossible to answer. Maybe here. 
Maybe we'll have bought a villa somewhere in Spain. We're not sure quite which region we might want to settle in yet. But, you know, if the last five years have been anything to go by, we have no idea. Yeah, I love that because you are a planner, like you're very type A, as you had mentioned. But at the same time, there's this also this spontaneity and this desire for adventure. And I think that's so cool and so important to have as an entrepreneur, um, just to keep things fresh and fun and like a spirit of curiosity almost. Yeah, I think, I mean, if you, if you can't adapt, if you can't embrace the chaos, then you're not going to be able to be an entrepreneur because it's going to be up and down and left and right and all over the place, especially with kids. Exactly. So if, if you can't, be open to that and embrace it, then you're not going to last very long. (laughs) For sure. Thank you again, Melissa, so much for being here. It was truly a pleasure. Um, Let our listeners know where they can find you and give us a teaser into some of the incredible programs that you offer. Because you have a couple, right? So we are overhauling our program suite right now. So uh, I've just released Idea to Income, which is my first like baseline entry level course. So this is for women that want to start a business or have just started a business or have an idea that they might want to act on. And it's super low cost. It's only $37. Wow. That's amazing. It's designed to be your entry point into entrepreneurship, right? So it's, you know, hundreds of dollars worth of material, but it's price low so that if you've never dipped your toes into this before, this will walk you through figuring out your offer and your audience and doing all the kind of boring setup stuff that you have to do. And then actually creating a marketing plan so that you can launch successfully. That's so generous. That took you a ton of time and effort to kind of figure out yourself. So to price it at $30, I feel like is just completely generous. It's really exciting. I mean, I think that that first step is often the hardest. And if a $30 program is what gets somebody to you know, get off the couch and do it, then, then that makes me so happy. So that's the one I'm really excited about right now. Um, but you can read about any of our programs and learn more about kind of me and, and what self-made mama does at the self-made or you can come find me on Instagram. I am at um, self-made mama with an underscore underneath because somebody sadly has self-made mama. <laughs> so, <laughs> isn't that always the way? And I will add all of those links below as well. Again, thank you so much. 